Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. When when is an experience paranormal, and when is it your imagination? If you get a strong psychic impression of something, or if you actually meet an entity, how do you know when it's true and when it isn't? Does the world face a disaster in the next five years? Hello there, and welcome to the 249th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. On May 16th, my dad and I were back on Coast to Coast AM with George Nury, America's most syndicated radio show, if I may add, with 30 million listeners. And because of what we said, we received almost 2,000 emails so far. And we plan to hold, uh, we plan to handle a few, a few of these emails tonight. Well, hopefully not the whole 2,000. But first, I thought I'd give a few basic points, a basic outline of all this as a background to our answers. We, last week we tried to just answer questions one by one, and things would come up, and I think it got a little confused. So well, I'm just going to give a sort of a basic statement about what this is, and uh, <clears throat> we'll, um, we'll have to move from there. As you can see, and as George Nuri saw, I'm very uncomfortable talking about this. Um, Forty years of paranormal research, and this is what it seems to have led to, and uh, I'm not entirely comfortable with it. But anyway, when George's uh, producer called to ask if we would be available on the 16th, Ben and I felt that we had a decision to make. Would we take a step beyond what we had ever said on the air before and a step beyond anything I'd ever written for public consumption in any of my books? Would we finally come clean on our conclusions about the 2012-2016 period and tell people where we got the information? The answer is sort of. Yeah. Previous Eno appearances on Coast, judging from the feedback at least, excited quite a bit of interest because of our unusual, quote-unquote, multiverse approach to the paranormal, especially ghosts. The multiverse concept comes from quantum physics, and it becomes very clear when you apply it to the paranormal. It's the idea that creation is a vast, elegant, open-ended interaction between multitudes of parallel worlds containing all possible variations on reality. This is what many physicists believe, and they interpret it in different ways, but it's what the math seems to say. This can explain just about everything we call paranormal. I came to that conclusion in the 1970s. There are all sorts of spiritual, social, scientific, and even physical implications that can be drawn from these multiverse ideas. Uh, we have discussed publicly on Coast to Coast and on this show the actual results of applying our multiverse theories and methods to our own lives and spiritualities. We've even discussed individual people and other beings from parallel worlds, apparently, we believe we have encountered in our paranormal adventures and even in our day-to-day -day, multiverse living a lifestyle, so to speak, that kind of develops from this kind of awareness. Until May 16th, however, we had never discussed publicly the conclusions about our own future that we believe apply to the 2012-2016 period. We never discussed it publicly because I've spent, as I say, over 40 years establishing a reputation, I hope, for level-headedness, academic accomplishment, and journalistic credibility in a field in which that's not so easy to do, paranormal research. We never discussed it publicly because we dreaded coming across like what we always criticize on the air, silly psychics, muddled mediums, and armchair prophets predicting the end of the world. Nevertheless, Ben and I decided that it was time to come clean. After all, only Nixon could go to China. So, 
While my dad and I sometimes have different approaches to all this, we believe that the 2012 to the 2016 period will be great, will be a great upheaval. We also believe that there is a means of physical escape uh, for many, and that the place of escape is what my dad calls the good world. Nuts, huh? So we thought at first. But before any, I go any further, let me tell you what all this is not about. This is not about some private revelation from God. This information didn't come from spirit guides, quote-unquote enlightened masters, space aliens, or alleged prophets. It's not the evangelical Protestant rapture or tribulation. While mine and myriad other prophecies about the, quote, end of the world as we know it, unquote, in 2012 or thereabouts might contain approximations of this, I've always been a little bit ambivalent toward those prophecies. I don't know whether to take them or leave them. And it's not the origin of what we believe about the 2012-2016 period and the, as I call it, the good world. This is not a call for people to become survivalists, and it's definitely not a bunch of idiots committing suicide. No, even though... There's a guy outside the station with a lawnmower, kind of hope you don't hear that. Anyway, for me, this saga began in 1991, 20 years ago, with a terminally ill five-year-old. I've often written and spoke about this little boy, Peter, and how his family invited me to spend time with him because he was in communication with a grandfather who had passed long before he was born. That was just the beginning. I learned more from this amazing child and from two shamans I knew in the 1970s than from all the professors, scientists, doctors, clergy, and spiritual directors I've ever come across in a long career, especially in the seminary. It took a long time for all the information to come together and to dawn on me, however. Back in 91, Peter spoke not only about his grandfather and his loving support as this child began chemotherapy for the leukemia that was slowly killing him. Peter also spoke of the, quote, high men and, quote, low men as two distinct parts of the human race. And this kid was coming up with stuff I couldn't have made up. He spoke of the, quote, good ones and the, quote, bad ones from, quote, other places and of how there would someday be a war between them that would involve us, us being the human race. He said not to be afraid because of the many, many of the, quote, high men would be able to escape to a, quote, new place. I figured the kid's, you know, five years old. Who knows what he's talking about here? Uh, still, as time went by, this child clarified my concept and experience of the multiverse that I began taking seriously what I had always doubted and even fought against. And that was the uh, validity of the clear and concise communication that I would experience while working on paranormal cases. Now, as it was, I got in the trouble in the seminary for being involved in the paranormal, but had they ever gotten a whiff of anything quote-unquote psychic or mediumistic, I would have been out the door faster than I was. But anyway, I, and so I just I denied this, and I just I paid no attention to it. These communications, if you want to call them that, were uninvited, and I always doubted their source and their validity. For example, they included quote-unquote ghosts who clearly communicated to me that they thought I and the people I was trying to help were ghosts haunting their home, and I could feel their terror about it. I didn't know what to make of this. These communications, far too many to describe here, also have included encounters with non-human entities, such as the noble creature I met in a haunted attic in upstate New York in the early 1990s, I've talked about him several times, and with whom I spent six hours in conversation in an odd form of Latin. He didn't speak English. 
his energy came across as as rather bear-like. You know, people say, "Oh, this bear." Well, he's not a bear. It just came across kind of almost ursine in his physical size and uh, stated. And he stated that he was on a quest, passing through our world and many others in search of a place called Renthusia, or at least that's what it sounded like. Now, I would at this point I was walking into paranormal cases where, you know, the, the the garden variety feral ghost hunters would be bringing their equipment and looking for dead people, and I was finding all this other stuff because of the point of view I took through multiverse thinking, seeing it in more dimensions than just two. In other cases, I would encounter, and still do, a benign race of very tall humanoids who, unlike many other neighbor species of ours, so to speak, are very aware of the parallel worlds and species around them, including us. I call them the clerics. Yeah, that's a long story, but so kind-hearted are they that they have actively worked with us against the parasitical entities that feed upon us. We always talk about these parasites, or as folklore calls them, demons or evil spirits. And on many of our parallel uh, species, they prey as well. Uh, there are many more examples of this communication and interaction which, com- which become completely normal, though it may not seem so to the common ear, when one lives the multiverse life, uh, experiencing that life and its many caring and good beings across many worlds. This is, this is normality. This is as real as it gets. What we usually think of as normal day-to-day life is actually a denial of reality, I think, a cowering in our corner of the multiverse and self-imposed narrowness. Don't forget that in our day-to-day, quote-unquote, normal world, Mass murder in the name of war is considered normal and even exalted. Quote-unquote musicians, for example, who dress, act, and make noises like deranged animals are considered role models. Parents destroy families, schools destroy knowledge, governments destroy freedoms, religions destroy spirituality. So what's so crazy about the good world? Yeah, I mean, it was in those early years of quiet communication with many of these parallel species, which I didn't dare talk about until now, uh, whom little Peter would have called the good ones, quote-unquote, that I began to kind of put two and two together when it came to the 2012-2016 period. Now, bear in mind, I spent 40 years learning how to tell what's true and what isn't in the paranormal. Maybe I've been fooled. I don't know. Nobody said, this is what will happen in 2012 or 2016. Nobody said, the high people, quote-unquote, will be able to escape through portals between parallel worlds that will be here, here, and here. For me, at least, these communications have taken place in... Dreams, increasingly as I get older, I suppose one thinks of the prophet Joel, old men shall dream dreams, I don't know, in meditation and in plain waking life, usually during paranormal investigations, but sometimes as I work in my office at home, walk in the woods or sit under the trees on our property. The word schizophrenia might come to mind, okay, but I don't think that's what it is. It has amounted to a long conversation with a number of parallel world neighbors who have the same questions, fears, and hopes as we do. It has also involved a number of contacts with the parasitical entities, the bad ones, as Peter would have said, that necessarily occur in the course of our paranormal work with people who are being bothered by negative paranormal phenomena. It has been the gradual discovery of a multiversal consensus that these bad ones, as it were, are doing something in our multiversal neighborhood that they do every few hundred millennia. They destroy worlds. Now, in 2009, Ben and I and a number of other people this is what kind of gave this credibility to my own mind because it's happening to a lot of people right now, uh, began sharing dreams and later an actual awareness of living daily lives in a place I soon came to call this good world. It seems to be an entire parallel world of refuge, rest, and instruction 
where parasites, for some reason, cannot come. Though there are buildings and even modes of transportation, this good world, as I call it, corresponds to the description of the dream time given to me in Australia by an Aboriginal elder in, in, 20, in I should say, 1979. Everything can communicate, and there are many intelligent species living in solidarity. The place has many odd characteristics. For example, you can see the sun rising and setting, but while there is a deep and ample light during the daytime hours, you can't see the sun in the sky. It's very strange. Same is true with the moon. Oddly enough, most species, including humans, seem able at times and in certain ways to defy gravity. The laws of physics apparently are different, and physicists have said, in from one parallel world to another, different laws of physics may apply. Now here's where it gets really weird. Every few months, an august figure with a very lion-like feline energy, I'm not saying it's actually a lion, but it comes across with that sort of energy, is known simply as the emperor comes for a meeting which can last for weeks. He has a huge entourage with members from many species. Usually we meet in groups, but sometimes he meets with Ben or meet together or individually. I remember a lot more of all this than Ben does. He doesn't seem to remember a lot about this, but I never remember the specific content of these meetings. The clear message, however, is that we're supposed to help as many of the high people as possible to physically move to the good world when the time comes. You can see why I hate this stuff. This is not how I usually operate. I usually try and operate with my feet on the ground, with some kind of scientific approach, and it, it, this bothers me. Anyway, we're presumably supposed to avoid some deadly attack on our world by these parasites. That's not that Ben and I are so special. There are plenty of other people who don't even, I don't even know who are supposed to be doing the same thing, I, I, I guess. But because of our media presence, perhaps our voices reach more people. This quote-unquote escape business threw me at first. If our lives are lived in a great unity across many worlds, as we believe they are, we are already in one or another variation of this good world already. So why would we have to physically evacuate through some kind of portal or whatever from here to a safer reality? I, and while I didn't don't remember the details, the answer came during another meeting, if you will, in this good world. It seems that there is a need to physically preserve as much of our species as possible. I'm not sure what the reasoning is there or whose reasoning it is. And then there are the others, many others, who have told us, without us even mentioning it, that they have had dreams, both sleeping and waking, about a place that matches point by point this good world, as I call it. I've even had people describe places and meetings there at which I remember being present, without even having mentioned this to them. Many of my long-time readers and our long-time listeners have expressed amazement that I, including George Nury, when we were on his show, um, have expressed amazement that I, whom they have always considered a clear thinker and a skeptic about all quote-unquote psychic communications, could now be touting all this good world stuff. Maybe they're right. Maybe I, who worked so many years with schizophrenics while a seminarian and a graduate student, have succumbed to it myself and taken my unfortunate son with me. Maybe I, who spent decades learning to separate truth from lies in the paranormal, have been duped. Maybe in my old age I've fallen under the spell of some basic human archetypes. But I'll tell you this, folks. There comes a point where one reaches the end of the book of rules. A point at which the questions and the doubts must end. If not, then what's the point of a lifetime of study and research, of probing realities that modern people have forgotten, and of asking questions that our society cannot answer. What is the point of faith? I believe that what I've said here is true, much as, as uncomfortable as I am with it. In a way, that makes me feel that it is true because I am uncomfortable with it. 
As time passes, you have to make your own judgment. Many people already have. Since our coast-to-coast appearance, we've been inundated with calls and emails from people who have said that our message has resonated with them, that they too have experienced what we have experienced. And this is the first time they have had some assurance that they themselves aren't crazy. In less than a month since that broadcast, there have been nearly 2,000 messages by email alone, and only two have been negative. I find it hard to believe that every one of these people is crazy or the victim of wish fulfillment. Maybe I'm wrong. Many have asked where to go and what to do to prepare for this period. The fact is that we just don't know. I suspect that it's all going to be a question of multiverse awareness, that we don't have to go anywhere specific when the time comes. I suspect that will all be very simple. So stay tuned on that. Now, there's a more complete article on this uh, that I've uploaded at our main website, newenglandghosts.com, and you can check that out. It says much of what I said here, but adds more. All right, so if we're wrong, we're wrong. So what? But what if we're right? But anyway, back to Earth, and after that wonderful monologue, <laughs> we must do another paranormal contest. Yeah, back to Earth again. Yes. So uh, last week's question was, what is generally generally the most uh, considered the most haunted building in Pakistan? Well, Steve Page from Providence, Rhode Island, got the right answer. The Mohata Palace in Karachi is said to be haunted by ghosts from the British Raj era, the era when Pakistan was part of India and the British ruled the whole place. Museum guides say that they've seen objects move from their original place or shifted about, and guards have felt presences during the night. Okay, this week's question is, in what year did an apparent sky battle between UFOs occur over the Russian city of uh, Zaostrovka? Zaostrovka, yeah. Okay, Zaostrovka. There we go. Get that right. And when an autographed copy of my dad's most famous book, Footsteps in the Attic. And call us locally at 401-766-1240 or nationally at 800-449-1240. And if, okay. no, and if nobody gets an answer before the end of the show and you still think you have a shot, drop a line to me at ben at behindtheparanormal.com. Okay, I'll take one of the shorter emails we've received here on this Good World business. And um, I think that most, I, I was rather surprised, most people kind of got it. There, were, there seemed to be very few, so far, the ones I've seen, we screen our emails, but there seems to be uh, a lot of understanding of what's going on here. So, Ben, if you'd take that, that's from... Uh, Bethany Rice. Uh, Bethany, yeah, and, and Bethany wrote, uh, did not use our form. I don't know where she's from, so good. Okay. Hi, Paul. Let me start by saying thank you. For years, I thought I was crazy for the things I have been told and things I have seen. Twice in my life, I have been told that there was a great war coming where I was to be a shepherd of people and that I would be taking them away from this world to somewhere else. This came from two different people, years apart, who did not know each other. Uh, one was a practicing shaman, and there are a few questions I have for you. I recently heard you, you and Ben, on Coast to Coast talking about the guardians who will be doing the same thing I am told I will be doing. You mentioned a lion that they that you called the emperor. Since I can remember, I have had the same dream over and over about a white lion in an attic who is imploring me to guess his name. Do you know if the lion spoke of of uh, spoke the lion you spoke of would go by any other name? All right, let, let's hold it right there. Okay. All right. Well, Bethany, uh, now, now, folks, Bethany could be a raving lunatic. I don't know, but I mean, this. A lot of people are writing, and they come across to me as sincere. Of course, this sort of thing is going to attract every nut in the business. 
uh, people who maybe have been a failure in their own lives and will say, oh boy, well here's a chance to, you know, save the world or be saved or something like this. But again, there comes a time when you just have to accept it. I, I, I don't know what else to do. So Bethany, I'm going to assume that you're not nuts, uh, just as I'm assuming that I'm not nuts. And uh, I just want to make one or two clarifications here. Uh, this so-called, this emperor, as he's called in this place, is not, uh, I have no idea the emperor of what, I, I don't know really much about him or her or it or what, but I can tell you it's not an actual lion. I mean, maybe, you know, as I said, maybe you've seen um, Chronicles of Narnia once too often, but uh, this is, it's just, that's the sort of energy that comes across. You know, you sort of perceive, when you're in the presence of, of another person or creature, you sort of, there's a certain energy that comes across. And this strikes me as lion-esque, if you want, if that's the proper adjective. But, uh, so it's not actually a lion. So I don't know what you're seeing, but uh, it could be the same. I don't know. So go ahead. Okay. Concerning the clerics you spoke of, what do they look like? Do they look like the aliens that everyone talks about? I had a vision of something like them, and they were tall and thin with no hair on their body, and their skin was a bronze color. Do you know what the parasites look like? I didn't right, get... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, let's, uh, thanks, well, let's, let's deal with the clerics. Now, this is just a name. Uh, ben came up with a name, because I think it's a good name, because as, as I have seen them and encountered them, they, they are physical beings just like us, but they're in one of these parallel realities, and they seem to help uh, in some ways. I don't, I don't think they're not divine, they're not angels, or anything, they're just people. And they seem to be very tall, at least as I have seen them. I even got one or two photographs, I believe. Um, very tall. They seem to be uh, hooded most of the time. And one of them has helped us recently on a case that is uh, very important. As a matter of fact, it was on camera. We were in, in uh, doing the pilot for our television show uh, last November, and uh, one of these came and helped us uh, move a portal out of a house where things were coming through and bothering the people in the house. They said we wanted their house back. I don't know if it's uh, lasted, but uh, these um, a group of these clerics, if you will, help these people and sort of guard the place. Uh, sort of a thing they do is, I guess, a charity exercise. I don't know what you want to call it, but they seem to be very nice, uh, intelligent, and uh, well-meaning people who are among our neighbors, as I call them, in, uh, in the multiverse here. I there's another article on the website, NewEnglandGhosts.com, which I try to describe the multiverse in a very simple manner, and I describe it as an apartment house uh, where many of the people have never left their apartments and aren't aware that there are apartments around them. And this is an oversimplification, of course, but it gets the, get, gets the point across that we're dealing with a number of um, uh, different realities, okay, uh, which interact and intersect at times and uh, in which we have neighbors who have the same problems and issues we do, mainly with these uh, negative entities that we run into in paranormal cases and we call parasites. So uh, there's a question about the parasites next. Uh, do you know what the parasites look like? I didn't get to see them, but I witnessed in my visions the aftermath of what they can do. I saw living soulless husks of, of bodies left behind in a quote-unquote plague. The body was alive, but developed burn-like sores and rapid decomposition while the body was alive. But it was like no one was home. Uh, please let me know your thoughts, Bethany. Alright, well thank you, Bethany. Uh, just on that final part of the question, uh, the parasites, I uh, have long experience with them. 
I've dealt over the past 40 years with, I believe, about nine different species. And now, of course, Ben assists me since um, 05 in, in this work. And we do run into them relatively frequently. The upper echelon species, if you will, do tend to be extremely intelligent, very wise in the sense of knowing what's going on, and not in a good sense. She asked what they looked like. Okay, well, I'm describing the different species, and they look different to me. I'm not entirely sure what they actually look like, because I have um, see, they seem to be able to... When you're, when you're dealing with world boundaries, you're dealing with seeing something when you do see them that is across an electromagnetic boundary in another reality, apparently, another form of reality. When I've had photographs of them, uh, they appear, and this, this was of a sort of middle echelon species in a case in Rhode Island, they appear to be like bolts of lightning with arms, all right, very often. Uh, when I've had physical contact with them, uh, the first time was in 1974, I uh, w- literally was in an altercation with, on, with one, uh, an attempt to protect a child, and I could feel, I uh, brushed up against it, I could feel a, a, a bone structure, and it was almost looking back on it, you know, over all these years it's difficult to remember, but uh, it was um, almost bird-like or lizard-like. So, and here we go with the lizard thing again. I don't know, there's a whole group of people interested in the paranormal talk about reptilians, well, I don't know about that, but uh, I think they, uh, what they actually look like in their own worlds, I'm not entirely sure, because they come across in different ways, because you're looking through a curtain. Uh, the, the analogy I always use is if you're, you're in your living room and your curtains are closed and your neighbor is coming over to borrow a cup of tea or something, you know, you're looking through that and you see a shadow or you see a distorted figure of some kind, and you know, it's person, but uh, uh, you can't see exactly what they look like. So in, in, I wish I could answer you more fully, but that's uh, essentially what, uh, what the answer is. I'm not entirely sure. Okay, we're going to take a breather, take a brief commercial break, and we'll be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno and our really wild topic tonight. And uh, we are here on WON 1240 AM and ONWorldwide.com in New England's beautiful Blackstone Valley. Stay with us. Hi, this is Lou Mandeville, and if you like your sports with an attitude or want the best local sports coverage, tune in to my sports reports Monday through Friday on the Morning Fun Show with Dave Richards. All the sports you need to get your day started only on ON 1240. Okay, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, and I wanted to mention Amazon Kindle. And uh, e-books are becoming an attractive alternative to expensive printed books, newspapers, and magazines. And your best deal in e-books is the Amazon Kindle e-book reader, now priced as low as $189 or less. Get over 900,000 books, newspapers, and magazines electronically delivered right to your fingertips. And no more shipping charges, no more $4 a gallon drive to the bookstore, no more bulky and environmentally unfriendly packaging to get rid of, and... Read the books you love for as much as half the cost of the print editions. Books available on Amazon Kindle include four of my own, and they include the popular Footsteps in the Attic, no longer available in stores until it's reprinted later this year, Turning Home, God, Ghosts, and Human Destiny, Faces at the Window, and Under My Historian's Hat, Rhode Island, A Genial History, which I co-authored with Emmy Award-winning TV journalist Glenn Laxton. So check out the Amazon Kindle store at Amazon.com today. You can get them at Staples. It's a mother. It's a great Father's Day gift, 
and you've got time for that as well because Father's Day is next week. So, Amazon, Kindle. I thought yesterday was Father's Day and I freaked out because I didn't get you anything. That's all right. I didn't notice anything. I'm too busy with this stuff. Okay. Here we are. Uh, this is from Sin. I assume that's C-Y-N. Cindy in Traverse City, Michigan. And Cindy writes... Or it could just be Sin. So she wrote, um, I listened to both both of you on Coast to Coast AM uh, tonight, and I had to write to tell you that you are the first person to mention an, another place reached via a quote-unquote portal. Not long ago, this happened This happened to me too. I was quote-unquote taken via, with, uh, via what appeared to be a bubble of light to another earth, quote-unquote. Uh, light beings who had uh, a form that was shown like light bouncing off of a soap bubble or a light radiating from a crystal took me out of my body and placed me in this bubble telling me that uh, uh, telling me where I was going and my body could not go or that where I was going my body could not go but so my consciousness was moved through space through the stars at a very high rate of speed not a speed that anyone could manage in bodily form. And I arrived on a beautiful planet and saw myself walking with lions through a meadow of tall grasses. The atmosphere was different, but healing and nurturing, and I woke up crying from this place like you. Or like you, I feel no connection to the world of today. Never have have in all my life, actually, I never have in all my life. Yeah, but I have always felt that I had to stay here uh, because of what's coming. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's hold up there, man. Um, all right. Uh, first of all, I feel every connection to the world we have. I think it's extremely important when you have multiverse experiences. And again, you know, provided this isn't some kind of psychotic episode here, and uh, but people do have legitimate multiverse experiences, such as I believe we have. Because, as quantum physicists will tell you who interpret it in any, any way like this, all things that are possible, all variations of reality, already exist at some point in the multiverse. And we, I believe, from what 40 years of work in the paranormal, what I've seen is that we, we live in many of those worlds and we're very aware of everything that's going on somewhere in our subconscious. It's very important to keep your feet on the ground because at, when I worked in psychiatric hospitals, there were full of people who were diagnosed schizophrenic or with other psychoses, who uh, simply were brilliant, sensitive people. Whom, uh, men, many were in, in horrible shape, of course, too, but others were brilliant and sensitive people who I believe were having experiences of real worlds. But our society can't deal with that because we, I suppose we're afraid of whatever we can't control and we have uh, taken spirituality and mysticism and thrown out with the baby with the bathwater in the so-called age of enlightenment and as a result we, we was kind of we're sort of lying here with no souls left and uh, very unfulfilled and everybody's doing drugs and it's a mess because we have no wonder left we've taken it all out and that, that's not necessary because it's really there anyway then get going on society i'll never stop so uh to answer uh cindy or sin's question here uh i think it's um a matter of keeping your feet on the ground. It sounds like you maybe did have a really beautiful experience. Uh, dreams, as we've had guests who are dream experts on the show say, are important. They aren't just fleeting reflections of reality, I don't think. 
I think that we can have multiverse experiences during dreams. So maybe, you know, this is, I don't see any real problem with this, strictly speaking. Go, go ahead, Ben. Okay. She continues, I am an astrologer, and I've been telling many people that there is going to be a nuclear disaster. Not like the one in Japan, but an actual nuclear exchange between nations. Uh, this coming fall at the earliest. All right. Many- well, okay, well, let's, let me stop there. I did say on Coast to Coast that in my personal opinion, I didn't get this from anybody else, I tend to suspect that there, there will be a nuclear exchange at some point before 2016. Now, that's a horrifying thing to say. George Nury, when he was interv- interviewing us, was horrified that we were not more upset. But, I, I, you know, what's the point of being upset? What good is that going to do? You know, you, you deal with it as it is or as you see it, and you, you take it from there. So uh, whether that's true, I certainly hope it's not true. I hope we are nuts. And uh, but maybe it's I was colored by my military experience in which uh, one learns things like there are over a thousand nukes floating around from the days of the old Soviet Union and nobody knows where they are, and uh, I mean things like this. I mean we, we think that we're safe because Russia is no longer an enemy, quote unquote. But <laughs> there's still just as many missiles pointing. I mean not just as many, but quite a few missiles pointed at our cities as there ever were. And plus you have all these nuts running around in the name of religion. Uh, trying to blow things up, and the, yeah, it's 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 a real mess out there. So I don't think it's too hard to believe that there might be some sort of nuclear exchange. Again, that's my personal opinion. I didn't get that from anybody in the multiverse or anything. So anyway, that's um, I hope it's wrong, but that apparently uh, Sin here feels the same way. So glad Ben. Many people talk about being saved by space beings. This would be this would be disastrous if anyone were to voluntary voluntarily enter any of these ships. It is through portals, which is uh, within each of us, that we will leave this Earth and move into another one that that is another dimension, very close to this one. The price of admission is very highly developed, is a very highly developed consciousness and pureness of heart, and this also. This was also told to me while I was walking with the lions in that meadow. This world is waiting for uh, many of us who will survive what is to come. Uh, I don't know if this helps you, but what you said brought this uh, to my mind, and I was very excited to realize that you had a part of the puzzle which I was missing regarding what uh, my own experience meant. Okay. Well, thank you. It's a very sincere uh, letter there. All right. Well, as far as these portals are concerned, I mean, I don't know. Uh, we encounter them all the time. But again, uh, I was a little confused by the idea of the, the it's very important that the physicality of this, the way I understand it, is that the, the we're not, it's not a, it doesn't involve death here. It involves people simply going uh, into other. We're, as a matter of fact, with the when the um, when we were doing the pilot, the, the director wanted us to have more uh, father son tension. Because we tend to to work together very well, and the best thing I think of was Ben. Be careful, because you know it's possible you could get sucked into another parallel world where these things are. Because that's actually happened, and not to you, thank God. But I mean, I don't know. These things it gets crazier and crazier the closer you get to this. It's stuff. fine. Don't I will. Worry about I know. It. I know. Well, I will mention that there's a there's a matter of uh, what are these as the little boy told me in 1990 what are these high men or high people or low people well as best I can figure the high people are those who are high minded uh, don't go around destroying their families or destroying other people are have their minds on things that are holy 
good, right, and true, as I say, and strive for this. Uh, and the lower people simply do not. This young child, uh, for what it was worth, five-year-old child who was dying, said that uh, the, these people are two very distinct parts of the human race. He didn't explain that. And uh, in a way, you, you can kind of see that. There are like two different kinds of people. Some may say, well, you can take a good person who has a terrible upbringing and lives in poverty and has, uh, you know, the parents are addicted to drugs, they're, they're not going to turn into an angel. Well, I don't know about that. I've seen some who have. So these probably are high people. But it is, apparently it's, it's the high people, as uh, uh, Cindy seems to uh, recognize here, who are the ones who are going to have the easiest uh, chance to uh, kind of uh, make things better here for themselves by this kind of transportation, you want to call it? I don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Uh, we're coming, not to the end of the show here, but here's, uh, here's another one, a little bit uh, shorter. This is from Joni in Virginia, and Joni asked that I write to her personally, which I will do because she um, is not in a position to hear the show. So, Okay, so uh, Joni writes, I just uh, happened to catch your broadcast on Coast to Coast. Since your or since our after beings seem to have bones, what are your thoughts on being cremated? I can't. It's a different question. I can still be cremated and move on into the next phase of uh, multiverse. Hope you can just answer my email as I drive a truck and live in Virginia and I don't uh, get your radio show. So thanks. All right, well, I'll answer that privately too, but just for the benefit of we read these these on the air. For the hopefully for the benefit uh, or entertainment at least of everybody uh, who listens, and uh, maybe if they have the same problem that what writer has, maybe what we say can give you a few pointers or something. But anyway, to answer Joni here, uh, I don't know if Joni, you really quite understand what we were saying. Uh, after beings, that's an interesting word, huh, Ben? After beings. After beings seem to have. Well, it's better bones. than saying our ghost or. Yeah, well, I think it's, it's a different way of saying. It. It's a different way of saying it. And I like it better than other things. Yeah, I've heard worse. But the bone thing, I think that might have come from what I I said earlier about uh, having encountered parasites uh, and physical altercations and feeling bone structure and this this sort of thing. And that that, uh, stressing that a lot of these things that are considered ghosts and spirits are actually very physical beings just in parallel worlds who may or may not be trying to help, may be trying to mislead uh, here. So I think what Joni is saying is that... uh, uh, kind of misunderstanding the whole point. The uh, physicality of the multiverse seems to be pretty universal. Uh, matter has many different forms, as any scientist will tell you. And if the laws of physics are different from world to world, then we have a situation where you might have a kind of a different kind of matter, but it's still, in a way, a physical sort of existence. So I don't think it matters if you are cremated here. Uh, death has very little to do with this. Uh, I don't even believe in death. I think certainly our vessels wear out here and there, and uh, that's what what dies, I guess. But you know, life simply continues uh, in another physical form, and where it's already going on in these parallel worlds. I mean, it's really rather elegantly simple, I think. So, the, um, being cremated, I mean, I plan to be, I guess, uh, when the time comes. I don't see any need for wasting good earth with. You know, nature not taking its course or denying the, uh, uh, you know, the natural course of things. I think 
uh, in my situation, the Veterans Administration will throw my ashes on the drink, and that's fine with me or whatever my family wants to do. So I don't have any problem with that. I don't think it has anything to do with any problem as far as uh, multiversal living is concerned. So I think uh, you're in the clear there, Joni, on that uh, on that issue. Okay, so uh, there is one area I wanted to get into here because it's uh, kind of simple but important, and there is a very short message here on this. Uh, and it's a different subject than what we've been talking about, unfortunately. Okay, so this person wrote... Uh, let me see who that is. That's, you, uh, you just, I don't know. Uh, Mitch from Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. Mitch writes to us, how can a person get rid of a, par- a negative parasite? Okay, nice and short. Thank you, Mitch. All right, again, these negative parasites are what I believe are the origins of our beliefs about evil spirits and uh, demons and this sort of thing. I don't believe their theology is the same as ours. They run like heck when you mention Jesus, but they also run like heck when you mention Isis and other positive beings of this kind. These are just names for divine concepts that we have within us and divine, hopefully a divine spirit that we certainly have within us. So uh, to answer Mitch's question, I'm going to just briefly read something that is also available on newenglandghosts.com and these... Uh, these issues do come up all the time. People want to know what to do about parasites. And uh, we are. And one interesting thing about parasites, before I do this, is that Ben and I just started working on a case in Providence, Rhode Island, uh, wherein a property owner called us in to, uh, out of concern for a property that this person owns and in which the tenants invariably seem to move in and then their lives fall apart. And she strongly suspected some sort of negative influence uh, in this place. And we did discover something very interesting there. We're still kind of working on that. But let me uh, say what this says here. If you believe you are having a paranormal problem in your home, here are some steps you should take. And I'd I'd just suggest that everyone who believes they have a problem start with this. First, don't jump to conclusions. Always look for everyday explanations for whatever is happening before deciding that you have ghost problems. Consider psychiatric and other health factors as well. Hearing and seeing things can be a sign of schizophrenia or temporal lobe epilepsy. Banging sounds on the walls or in the heating system can have very mundane explanations. One fascinating explanation for many phenomena are very low-frequency sound waves, or standing waves as they're called. Trapped in a building, these can cause many of the phenomena associated with ghosts. These waves are inaudible to humans, but not to many animals. In humans, they can cause feelings of cold, nervousness, hair standing up on the back of your neck, even minor poltergeist activity, and even your basic apparition. Bear in mind that if what we've said about quantum reality is true, every person in every house will experience space-time glitches now and then. The occasional shadow seen out of the corner of your eye, or the iron or bit of uh, clothing found now and again where you didn't put it. Don't let your imagination take over. That can be difficult to do. Remember, too, that in places where highly traumatic events are occurring in your house and other areas of space-time, you may experience some of the psychic ripples, as it were. Violent deaths, great suffering, and other such events that happened or will happen there can affect your reality. Depending on how sensitive you are, you may hear or see things that don't necessarily mean that your house is, quote, haunted, or that you or other household members are the targets of negative entities like parasites. Nevertheless, it's always best to be on the safe side and do what we suggest next. It's when these glitches in space-time begin to rule your everyday life when you feel threatened by them and or your 
when entities begin to clearly manifest and interact with you and your family, that you have a paranormal problem. If you conclude that you do have such a situation, realize that you and or one or more household members are part of the problem. And one of the things we always ask is who is experiencing this besides you? Because if multiple people are experiencing these things, it's an indication that you're, it's not just necessarily coming from your mind or anything else. And if it is just you, it doesn't necessarily mean it's not real either. So it, it takes a lot of judgment. Consciously or unconsciously, people in troubled houses always have a part in causing and or feeling the f- feeding the phenomena. So you need to find out what you're doing that's introducing or encouraging negative energy. Then you need to stop it and bring in positive energy to replace it. Cut off the food supply. I find that this always eases the situation and often cures it. Examples of negative energy. Using Ouija boards or other occult practices that open the door to parasites. Negative feelings among those who live in the house. Fights, grudges, financial strains, etc. And the extreme depression or anxiety of you or any other household member. Part of bringing in this positive energy is fostering good feeling, humor. I always tell my boys you know, to laugh a lot, but not at each other. Uh, love and other unifying and uplifting factors in your, in your household. Also, good physical exercise, strong faith, and developing healthy interests outside the home will help. This is always good for a household, whether you have paranormal problems or not. If you do encounter an orb, people often come right, oh, look at this, pictures of ghosts here, and this is one of these orbs they get that come out in especially digital photographs that could be uh, you know, explained in many ways. Uh, or an entity or other manifestation, try to avoid fear or anger. If it really is a negative entity, this will deny it the negative energy it subsists on. As a matter of fact, always try to send out feelings of love, compassion, and peace. In general, however, do not give these entities attention. Do not try to communicate with them. They are not your friends. Don't try to get chummy and don't convince yourself to feel comfortable with them around, even if they seem friendly. And here I am after talking the whole show about uh, communicating with entities who I judged were positive, you know, after long it's experience. Just, it's just paranormal common sense. Exactly. Instead, concentrate on fostering positive energy among the household members. Anytime you are afraid, pray in whatever way is comfortable for you. Visualize yourself, other household members, and your home engulfed in a peaceful, positive white light. When I was in the seminar, I used to laugh at that until I saw it work. This will take the wind out of a negative manifestation by strengthening you instead of it. This is not advice you often hear in the Western Hemisphere, but when you are afraid, you could call upon your good ancestors, not the horse thieves or mad monarchs, to help protect you and your home. I find that this is a very powerful practice. Each of us is the sum of our ancestors, no matter how far back they go. We are part of them, and they are part of us. Since there really is no death, these loved ones are always in some parallel world, and there is a bond between you and them. Many are in worlds where they're in a position to help. Call especially on particular loved ones you have known, a beloved grandmother, for example. If you're fortunate enough to have a picture of the person, put it in a prominent place in your home or carry it in your pocket or purse. These people will manifest as quiet and loving presences, and some may be protecting you already. This presence is a far cry from the cold, sterile, and sometimes violent presence of parasites and the entities known as tulpas. It's another story. If you belong to a particular religion, praying and using sacramentals, as some of them call it, and sacred objects such as icons, your scriptures, or holy water can help. Strange to say, beware of calling in clergy unless you are very sure that they can be trusted. Believe it or not, very few of them are trained in how to deal with these phenomena. And if they don't know, 
uh, what you're doing, and if you, they don't know what they're doing, they can complicate the situation. But again, as Ben says, common sense and good paranormal judgment. So, uh, again, NewEnglandGhosts.com has both that article, uh, what to do about uh, if you think you have a paranormal problem, it's uh, whattodo.htm, and also the thing that we talked about earlier in the show, which is the uh, business about the good world in the 2012-2016 period, which, take it or leave it, uh, is there as well uh, on that site. So, <clears throat> okay, uh, we maybe have time for one more. This, well, they're all kind of long. Here is, um, all right, well, let's, all right well, we're, well, let's just go as far as we can go. Uh, all right. This is uh, Kathy in Vancouver, Washington. Okay, so Kathy writes, uh, There's not much room here, but listening to you is like uh, Roberta, the Roberta Flat song, uh, Singing My Life, so to speak. Right. Uh, you, know, you don't want me to start singing on the air. Yes, yes. Okay, so I find your stories very credible because it's much like what has happened to me. Is there any way possible to actually talk with you, especially, and or your son too, if if that's uh, yeah, call how the it show. works? I know a lot, a lot of these people don't listen, aren't able to listen live. They they call on, uh, you know, that they. I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll keep going. Okay, we'll, there are ways to talk to us. Yes. Okay, I I can't write a book here, but oh my God, everything you've said rings loud and true. I have been through uh, dealing with energy parasites slash close, close encounters with UFOs while camping and at home, and that's the short story. All right, let, let's um, let me just stop you there, Ben. Thank you. I, I want to remind everybody something we say frequently, and that's that these are names. We talk about aliens and ghosts and parasites, or whatever, and th- these are names for <clears throat> deeper realities which might share the same origin. And what I'm saying here is that very often you know, we will spend a great deal of time on cases, far more than other investigators I'm aware of. Uh, we may spend years on cases. And what we find is that when you're investigating, quote-unquote, ghosts, it will often lead to UFOs or so-called aliens or even cryptids, sometimes, you know, Bigfoot or something like that. We haven't run into that yet, but it could happen, and we have heard that it has. And... So I'm suspecting, so this, 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 of course, puts a few more arrows in our quiver when it comes to the multiverse idea that various worlds intersect and these may be denizens of these various worlds and that's why we run into them from time to time and can't find them at any other point. We find uh, more ominously that ghosts and aliens, quote-unquote, can sometimes be interchangeable. We found cases where these aliens appear to be one thing and turn out to be something else. And, of course, behind this usually we find our parasitical entities who are pretending to be something they're not. This is very, very important to realize in any pursuit for paranormal common sense. Nothing in the paranormal is what it appears to be. And this is the mistake I think many investigators make and any pe- anyone who's going through these things makes, and that's to think that whatever is, is happening is what it appears to be. Uncle Steve, you know, running down the hallway a couple of weeks after his funeral, uh, may not be Uncle Steve doing any such thing. Or it could be Uncle Steve in a parallel world, just, you know, running down the, the, in a area or part of the house where he's just sort of sharing the same space with you, and he never died. But always be suspicious of these things, which is why I go nuts just trying to, well, hopefully not literally, trying to, what, what did, um, 
Van Gogh say, I hope I don't have to say as Vincent Van Gogh said, I put my, my heart and my soul into my work and lost my mind in the process. But hopefully uh, I'm, on the, I'm on track here with this. There are ways to tell whether something's legitimate or not, and um, most people are not quite up to doing that. So be very suspicious of everything you uh, encounter in the paranormal, whether you see it or hear it or smell it or whatever, before you jump to any conclusions. Okay, go ahead, Ben. Okay, so I am originally from New York, uh, upstate and city during the school year. Uh, but a grown woman with, but I am now a grown woman with three raised children, and we all have been through so much weird stuff. It's like you guys are on the same page, or, or at least close. Uh, I feel like you may have the answers I've been searching for since uh, an experience I had on October second, nineteen ninety-four. Please. I would so much love the opportunity to visit over coffee or even a phone call for 15 to 20 minutes, well, and you make my month. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I know a guy who – I know you guys are probably overwhelmed, but this is so much synchronicity for me, and maybe we all help each other by sharing. I th- well, I, I like to think that's true. I think I know of a portal. I don't think I – I don't think I'm crazy, but – I don't tell anyone because they probably think I am. Well, if you if you call, I'll I'll be very stoked. If not, uh, then best wishes best wishes to you guys uh, to help as many higher people as you can. And at the very least, I am thoroughly enjoying the Coast to Coast show. Well, good. I'm, that's, that's a very positive. And I really appreciate that, Kathy. Well, I'm gonna, we'll give it. We'll give you a call. Okay. Uh, okay, we got a couple minutes left here, but uh, we'll give Kathy a call and thank you again, Kathy, for your, your your positive thoughts. That's really important. And you know, as I always say, no matter how much truth there is to this, if it's all true or none of it's true, if we're being misled or duped, there's one thing that is always for sure: if you keep your heart positive, if you keep your mind on things that are good, as I say, good, holy, right, and true, as I always say, that kind of sums it up. And try to honor God as best you can. And to listen when he, she, it, or them say things to you. I think it's very important that uh, we bear in mind that that's always good, no matter how uh, our, uh, no matter how things come out. And as I say, no matter what the future holds, I personally want to be found doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I want to be found loving and taking care of my family, doing my work in an honorable manner and uh, in good conscience. And I think that's all we can we can ask. So, okay, we're coming to the end of the very unusual show here. And I wanted to say thank you to our great producer, Steve Bianchi, and we'll see you next Monday, June 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific, right here on WON 1240 AM and onworldwide.com. Ben and I will do the second show in our series, What is Heaven? That attracted a lot of attention. This will be What is Heaven number two. All right, so in the meantime, tune into our Sunday evening CBS radio edition in Boston, Pittsburgh, Seattle, and Detroit, and online at www.newskyradio.com. On June 19th, my dad and I will welcome back investigative journalist uh, Linda Moulton Howe on the second part of our discussion on the mysterious crop circles. And remember, you can always get free podcasts of all our shows along with show schedules and guest information at www.behindtheparanormal.com. In the meantime, we leave you with a quote from the late American actress Audrey Hepburn. Quote, For beautiful eyes, look for the good in others. For beautiful lips, speak only words of kindness. And for poise, 
Walk with the knowledge that you are never alone. Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we'll see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.